For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Ian Anderson Gray, and we're going to talk about how to use Facebook Live to quickly create content. If you know you need to do more with content creation, then you definitely need to listen to this podcast episode. By the way, you can reach me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. By the way, if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a future episode. Let's now transition over to this week's interview with Ian Anderson Gray. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Ian Anderson Gray. If you don't know who Ian is, he's a live video expert. He's host of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, and he's the founder of the Confident Live Marketing Academy. Ian, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Mike. I'm so excited to be back on the show. So today, Ian and I will explore how to use Facebook Live to quickly create content. Now, this is going to be an interesting discussion, Ian, because we're going to talk about how to create content with Facebook Live that goes beyond Facebook Live. But let's start with just a little discussion about like why live video and why Facebook Live. Yeah, well, I think it's a really important question. We should all be asking the question why before we create anything, and particularly when it comes to live video, because still Facebook Live is all the rage. It's what so many people are talking about, but you need to know your reasons why. So live video is a great way to get your content and get communicating to your audience in a really authentic way. I know authenticity is the word that's overused, but it's so important. That's what people are really wanting. They're wanting that human connection. So that's the first thing. It's a great way to get in front of your audience to be authentic, to have that human connection. And it allows your audience to communicate with you and, and it allows you to actually listen to what they're saying in real time. Second thing is, yes, okay, there's lots of tech that you need to get sorted and, and things like that. But actually, once you've got that sorted, it's actually relatively easy just to press that go live button and create content. So from a content creation point of view, and I know this is probably something we're going to delve into a little bit more detail in a bit, it's just a quick and easy way of creating that content. 
And then, of course, the other thing is just the engagement. I mean, still today, live videos on Facebook get a lot more engagement than regular uploaded video and other types of content. So you can create what I, I love about live video on Facebook is you can create these almost th these mini communities with your audience and you can create these really lovely conversations on the actual live, but also afterwards on the replay as well. What I love about Facebook in particular is that you can go live and that content can kind of get a life of its own. It can be shared by other people if it's outside of a Facebook group. But perhaps even more importantly, the fact that you can go live inside of a Facebook group is also very valuable, right, Ian? Because if you happen to have a private group and you're creating content for them that maybe you're going to multi-purpose downstream into a course or something, this is also something you can do inside of a Facebook group with live. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got like other types of Facebook content. You can go live to your personal profile, group, a page, an event. It's good to actually mix that up. So if you've got a, a membership group, like, like on a Facebook group, you can go live there just to your members. You can go live to your page, to your public page. You can even go live to both. And, and Facebook actually allows you to cross post your page to other pages, but also to your group as well. And you can communicate with your audience on those different places. So let's transition a little bit to the content side of this, right? Because what we're going to be talking about is taking your live video as source material, if you will, right, for creating content. And I, I just want to step back a little bit and ask this question. Why do us marketers slash creators seem to struggle when it comes to making content? What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, obviously, um, not speaking from any personal experience, and I'm joking, this has uh, been a huge problem for me creating content. It takes a huge amount of time and effort, and we want to do our best. And, and so when I think about creating content on my blog, it usually will take weeks and weeks and weeks of research and content because I want to create really valuable content. But then there's the whole issue of perfectionism and procrastination. And that can be a real problem. So one thing I love about live video is it's actually a great way to crush perfectionism. Because if you think about it, I mean, with pre-recorded video, we want to make the video perfect. We want to look good. And, you know, I was I was joking before the show that I, I had a really exciting experience today in that I had my hair cut for the first time in three months. And I will admit to you that I have been putting off doing some pre-recorded video because of my hair. So that's just a silly example. For people listening in the future, we are still in COVID-19. So now you have context. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a reason for that. I haven't just randomly not had it cut for three months. But when it comes to live video, you know, you press that go live button and then you're live. You, you can't do anything about it. If you stumble over your words, if you suddenly realize that you're, you haven't actually had your hair cut for three months <laughs> or whatever, you know, then there's nothing you can do about it. And actually, it's that part of live video that people love. They love when things don't go all according to plan and they don't actually mind if you stumble over your words. So I think it's a great way to counteract that perfectionism that I think so many of us struggle with. And I, I speak to a lot of content creators and they all seem to struggle with this too uh, of, because we want to create really killer content quickly and easily. And unfortunately, we can sometimes get in the way of ourselves. We could start to come up with excuses and we can compare ourselves to others. We can have imposter syndrome and all these things that can get in the way. And it's a huge problem. 
Well, and, you know, running a media company that specializes in creating videos and articles and podcasts like this, I can assure you that the desire to create content is there, right? And we all understand it, right? Everyone should understand how important it is, right? But the challenge is like, on the one hand, you've got this desire to want to create a perfect piece of content. And on the other hand, you've got this fear of going live and being imperfect, right? And I think we just need to spend a second saying, hey, people, what's more important, creating content or looking perfect? Because- We're here to tell you that live video can enable you to create imperfect content that can be refined later. You want to add anything to that? Oh, yeah, that that is so true. And yeah, it's not going to be perfect. But from that content that you have created a lot more quickly and easily, once you get over the the fear and, you know, that's something we can talk about. But once you, you press that go live button, you've created that content quickly and easily. After that, you can repurpose that into your blog post or other other places, and you can you can edit it, you can transcribe it, and you can make it even better. But the fact is, you've actually started in creating that content, and that's the really really important thing. So, don't let the perfectionism get in the way. Use live video as a quick and easy way to create the starting point for your content. So, how exactly does live video speed things up? I mean, is there any stuff you want to touch on before we get into your process? So there's a few things that you'll obviously need to sort out first, such as getting confident in front of the camera, actually being able to just press that go live button. And the other thing is that I wanted to say before is that you kind of need to get over yourself. Sometimes you can be the blockage. We can get almost self-obsessed and almost selfish. And we're thinking we're worried about what people think of us, the way we look and all those kinds of things. When actually our audience just want to hear from us, the real us, and they want to hear that that content. So you need to do a bit of foundational me work to get over yourself to be able to do that. And you need to obviously plan your content. You need to produce a checklist. So this is from a tech point of view, make sure that you've got the tech sources, such as, for example, a decent internet speed, upload speed is really important there, that you've tested everything. And I know this is something that you do every time for your podcast, Mike. You check, check, check that your microphone is working, that your video is working and, and do a test run. Don't get complacent. Once you've set all those things in place and you've actually started to do regular live videos and you feel a lot more confident, it's at that point when it's so much quicker to create that content. Then obviously think about structuring the show in a way that's going to make sense for repurposing. And that's something we'll probably get onto in a bit. Yeah, I want to add a couple thoughts here. Back in the day, you might call your cell phone and leave you a message, right? Or you might record into a device while you're driving your car just with your raw thoughts, right? And people that have done that know that's just the value of getting your thoughts out of your head, right? And you're speaking them to the world or to a recorder. And for some people, just talking them out is half the battle to creating something, right? With live video, A lot of people don't know this, but I know you do, Ian. You can broadcast to only me. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Have you ever recommended people do that just for their first one so they can like see how easy it is? All the time. I mean, that's the best way. You know, I always recommend that people start with something like Instagram stories. It's not live, but it's a great way to gain that confidence. Be consistent. What's the worst that's going to happen? Because they're going to be deleted after 24 hours. So they're going to go away. And then I always recommend 
going live to your personal profile on Facebook and changing the privacy settings to only me and then watch it back. Preferably with a friend, because if you're with a friend, you're not going to be so harsh on yourself, I think. So you've got to be positive, look at the, be constructively critical on your live videos. But that's a great place to start and a great way to build your confidence. And then finally, once you've done that, it's a good place to then go on to after that is to go live to a private group because that's a safe place before then going to go live publicly on your Facebook page. That's a great progression. So let's zoom in on your process. And I know you have different steps of your process, but for some people right now, they're like, okay, I'm willing to try to go live, even if it's just to a small group, just to see if I can get some content created and see if this actually could work for me. And we should probably state that the algorithm really loves live video. I don't know if we said that from the onset, but live video is more engaging typical kinds of content and the algorithm rewards high engaged content, meaning more people will see your content when there's people actively engaging with it than when they're not. So just a little side comment there. So let's talk about your process. What's Ian's process to creating a live video content? So there are five steps, I believe, in the process. And it's really important to look at all of those stages. So I call this the five P's. And the first P is the planning stage. We've covered a lot of that. Some of that's the technical point of view, making sure that all the tech is in in place. But most of that is to do with the content, thinking about where you're going live to your audience and that kind of thing. The next one is the pre-promotion. So you need to let your audience know that you're going to go live next Tuesday at two o'clock or whenever it is. Let people know where you're going live, when you're going live, and what you're going to be going live to. And you want to promote that to your normal channels, such as social media and email. Then it comes to the actual day. It's two o'clock, you're going to go live. So it's the production side of things. This is pressing that go live button, the technical side of things, and then the structure of the show and the content, making sure that you are delivering really valuable content. Also, I think in a way that is going to make it easy for your replay audience to consume and also easy to for the repurposing. Once you press the end broadcast button, it's at that point when I think a lot of people feel like maybe, I don't know, collapsing in bed and, and they think that's the end of it. I've done my bit. But that's actually when this is where the work starts because it's time to focus on the post promotion. Because actually, in most cases, there are more people that are going to watch the replay of your live video than actually watching live. So you want to let people know Uh, to go back and watch the replay of your video, again, on social media, email, that kind of thing. And then the final bit, and this is the bit I get most excited about, and it's the bit that I think a lot of people forget about, is repurposing. You have to forgive there is an R, but then there is a P in there, repurposing. And this is how you can make your live videos into a plethora of different content, whether it's blog posts, social media posts, video on YouTube or LinkedIn or IGTV, that kind of thing. So that's five steps. The five P's are planning, pre-promotion, production, post-promotion, and repurposing with the emphasis on purposing. (laughs) Okay, let's zoom in on planning. Talk to us a little bit about the planning side of it. Let's spend some time talking about this. Yeah, so there's different stages. You know, I think it's important to focus on the working out who your audience is. So there's some pretty high level stuff that you can focus on, such as, I don't particularly like the word avatar, but focus on who your audience is. If you could think of the one person that would be your perfect audience member, who would that be? Then it's the case of 
focusing on the content. What type of content are you going to create? And so there's a great acronym for this that a friend of mine, Sam Ashton, came up with. She's a marketer in the UK. And this is just kind of working out what the different types of live video that you can produce. So the B for Blast is stands for behind the scenes content. So people really like to kind of a little bit more about what you do in your business. It could be a tour around the place. The L for, for Blast is local spotlight. So this is actually turning away from yourself and maybe making a focus on a local business or cause and talking about them, maybe even running a competition, that kind of thing. One of my favorites is the next one is a day in the life. So this is what you're actually working on today, your thoughts. People can be very nosy. They love to know what a typical day is in your life. Sneak peek is the next one, which is sharing something that you're working on. So this is exclusive content that you're working on. And the great thing about live video here is that this could be something new that you can put before your audience. They've never seen it before. This is They're the first people to see this. So they feel special, but it's also a great way to get feedback from them on this new thing that you're producing. And then the final one is tips and advice. And this is pillar content. So this could be you're repurposing, like, say, a blog post or an expert content. So that's working out the kind of content that you're going to create on your live video. And I recommend that people produce a document for every single show that they do that's going to lay out what the show is going to be about, what you're going to be talking about, coming up with a theme for that, and then putting down bullet points of the kind of point, the points that you're going to be talking about on that show, whether it's yourself or whether you're going to have a guest on the show. It's really important to put all those down. You don't want to put, to actually put a transcript and read it out, but definitely put some bullet points in there so that you know what you're going to be talking about. Okay. I got a couple questions here. First of all, you've used the word show a couple of times and you might be freaking people out. So when you say show versus live video, like, is it the same or using those synonymously? Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't use the word show all the time because there are different types of live videos. And as I mentioned, the acronym BLAST, you know, for example, you could do a show, which is a, a more structured show that has, you know, is a longer show and, and has lots of sections to it. But it doesn't have to be like that. You could do a five or 10 minute broadcast. You could still call it a show. And it's just a way where you can talk about a particular topic and, and structure it that way. Right. But I, I do like the word show because I think you should be thinking about branding. You want to get people coming back to watch your, your show or your broadcast. And, and so actually calling it something, putting it on on a regular basis is important. But to actually maybe flex it around a little bit. So I have a regular show every week. It's called the Confident Live Marketing Show, as you said earlier. But I also do more kind of spontaneous lives. Right. So I do plan them, but I'm, I'm maybe out on a walk and I'm sharing that. And maybe you don't want to call that a show, but it's still part of my brand. And I still want to uh, talk about my regular live show during the week. Yeah. And it's important, everybody, to understand that there's no right or wrong way to do this, right? Like we have a live show called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show that we've been doing for five years. But we also sometimes go live when we have a promotion going on, for example, right? And we might do special content where we might bring on some of our speakers who are going to be speaking at one of our events and interview them on a special kind of thing that's not really a show, but it is live. So you don't have to make a commitment like myself and Ian have done to get this thing going. 
you know, but if it works for you, then it might make sense for you to call it a show and make a commitment to it. So just to recap, you started off with saying, okay, in the planning stage, who is the audience, that ideal audience I want to be in front of? What type of content behind the scenes, local spotlight, a day in the life, sneak peek, tips and advice. And, you know, there's probably millions of other things that are not on that list. And then you started talking about themes. Is the theme something different than what we just talked about? What is the theme exactly? This is something to do with what's the kind of uh, content that you wanted to share with people. This is not so much to do with the format. So the behind the scenes, local spotlight, a day in the life is more, you know, what is the format of the broadcast or what are you doing it for? A theme, I like themes because it allows you to be really focused on the content that you're creating and really laser focused on what you're giving your audience. So I have three main themes in my show that I find really helpful to think about. So each show will be about one of these themes. So for me, I talk about my first theme is all to do with the confidence of getting in front of the camera and the mindset. My second theme is the gear and the tech. And the third theme is about the content and marketing. So for me, that's really helpful because if I'm going to bring a guest on, it's going to be a topic specific to one of those themes. And so if you're going to do a show or even just a, or just a regular broadcast, having an idea of what your two or three themes are and what it is you're going to be talking about on that particular day is going to be really helpful to allow you to be more laser focused on the kind of content that you're creating. I like this a lot. And I guess one could say for my podcast, which is a show, I have themes, right, which are all around marketing, right? So I'll bring on Instagram experts and I'll bring on Facebook experts and, you know, but the overarching theme is how marketers can best leverage the platforms, right? And then sometimes I'll have secondary themes, which might just be content creation, period, right? Like how to do copywriting or something like that. So is that kind of the equivalent to what you're talking about when you think of themes? You want to be thinking about like whatever content I create, the audience should kind of know that it's typically under one of these kind of categories. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. You know, there's no right or wrong here. You can either choose to make it really obvious what the themes are. So this is what I do. And in fact, the artwork that I have will show very clearly which theme I'm focusing on on a particular show. But it can be more for yourself so that you know. So I think having a theme is really important. That comes under knowing who your audience is, what the point of you doing the live broadcast is for, so that you know who you are, who your audience is, but then you also know what the content's going to be and you're really laser focused on that. Well, you mentioned the point of the broadcast. What should be some of the goals or purposes of doing a broadcast? Like maybe we should have backed up on that one a little bit. There's lots of reasons for this. I mean, it's one of the great advantages, I think. We talked about this before, is to allow you to be more real and human to connect with your audience. So that's a great reason. It's also about building your authority. So this is definitely a big reason for me why I do it. It's to be seen as an authority on a particular topic, a particular area. That's important. It's also, we talked before about being able to create content consistently and quickly. And so that was, again, a big reason for me because I totally see the power of blogging and blogging has changed my life, but it takes a huge amount of time. So doing a regular live show is a way of doing that too. Well, and another goal might be just trying to be top of mind with your fans and followers, right? Because in a world, (laughs) sounds like a movie, in a world where we're easily distracted by lots of things that are going on, 
people will forget about you if you're not in front of them a lot. And the algorithm, like I mentioned earlier, does seem to give some sort of preference to live video. And even if they don't watch all of it, just seeing you, Ian Anderson Gray, showing up consistently if I'm one of your fans, that might be important for me downstream when I'm ready to maybe purchase something along the lines of whatever you have to sell, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned that. That's such an important point because you may find, and I I found this, that some people don't watch, they may dip in for like even five seconds. They may not even dip in at all. They may just see, for example, Ian Anderson Gray is live and think, oh, I don't quite have the time now, but I'll maybe check that out next week. The fact is you're popping up. They can see you turning up regularly. And I've actually found that some people have booked coaching sessions with me or bought courses from me. They actually haven't even watched any of my shows, but they've seen me pop up. Now, obviously, you want more people to watch your shows and to actually get involved. And and the majority of people who do become a customer client of mine do watch more than five seconds. But uh, what I'm trying to say there is actually the important point is that you are showing up, that you are seen, you are visible. And live video is a great way to uh, to become more visible on Facebook or uh, in fact, any other platform too. Let's talk about thinking when we're in the planning stage about what we're going to say. Do you have any wisdom or, or advice on that? Yeah. So I think it's important, as I said before, to, to have bullet points for the main content of the show or the broadcast. I should stop saying show, but you know what I mean? It's important to have a basic structure for the broadcast. And I think actually writing down the first couple of sentences that you're going to say is actually really important. And I'm not in favor of writing down what you're going to say for the whole broadcast word for word, because you're going to sound robotic. I don't know about you, Mike, but I find that with me and most the people I speak to, when you press that go live button, something happens to your brain. And I call this brain mush syndrome. You know, your brain goes to mush, you forget what you're just about to say. And so actually, you need to treat yourself a little bit like an idiot. And actually, you know, I put the first thing down, I put, you know, I say, hi, my name's Ian Anson Gray, and welcome to, and then the name of the show. It's not because I've necessarily forgotten my name. It's just I've got to treat myself like I've known nothing so that I'm going to be okay right at the start. And it's also important to write down the end of the show, to write down what is your call to action going to be? And when are you next going to go live? So that's always important to, at the end of your broadcast to mention your call to action, but also to let people know how to catch your next one. And then the middle section is a case of then just putting your bullet points and maybe also structuring when you're going to bring in your live uh, comments uh, and structure it in a way that's going to make sense and make it easier to repurpose for later. This is really important what Ian's talking about because... I've done a lot of lives, not probably as many as Ian, because I'm not hosting our live show anymore. But what I found is that when you first go live, there's a lot of stuff that's happening, right? Like comments are coming in and in your mind, you're like, okay, are we live? And then you're thinking about the replay. And at a certain point, you just got to get your brain focused on just reading that opening tiny little script, you know? And I do the same thing with podcasts. I had a tiny little introduction for Ian. I got it wrong, so I re-recorded it because I can do that with a podcast, but I would have just had to self-correct myself if we were live. And then I have my questions structured, but I don't have any real detail here at all other than my basic questions that are structured. Now, it's true that 
your mind is actually, I, I want to talk about the brain because you'd be surprised. And I know Ian, you know this, your brain goes on autopilot at a certain point and you'll be surprised at how much you can process. Like Ian, I found that I became a much better public speaker when I did more lives because you start activating sides of your brain that you didn't even know existed because you're talking and reading comments at the same time. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, right? You're making decisions and you're just, and nobody can even tell. Have you ever noticed this to be true? Like, like you became a better public speaker as a result of doing more lives? Definitely. I will have to say, and to encourage listeners, it will take time. The first dozen live videos that you're going to do, I'm sorry to say this, aren't going to be that great. You're going to stumble over your words. The tech isn't going to work. But you know what? Keep at it and you're going to get better. You're going to get more confident and things are going to become just more straightforward and, and easier. I actually found speaking to an audience, even if it was like 500 people, I would find that easier than doing a live video at the at the start, because the camera is like this energy sucking device. It feels very strange. But if you keep at it, and there are techniques that you can adopt to make it easier and, and you know build your confidence, it does definitely improve your public speaking because you have to put actually a lot more energy in front of the camera than you would do normally. And it allows you to be more consistent. You have to focus a lot more on the structure and keeping things engaged all the way through. So I totally agree with you, Mike. Couple more things. Smile a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and to the bullet points, you know, I have uh, some of the listeners to the show know this that I have a master's and undergraduate in speech. You want to keep them light. This is known as extemporaneous speaking. So the idea is you have a very simple bullet points of notes that triggers your mind and you just have to trust yourself that you know enough to say whatever needs to be said. And it just comes off so much more naturally than reading a script. And I mean, Ian, have you found this to be true as well? Yes, it's definitely true. I think you just need to lightly nudge your brain. There's an analogy about fishing with a stick, you know, and there was the, I can't remember which cultures do this, but they fish with a stick by just prodding the stick down. And so if you think about the fishes as words that you want to capture, the worst thing in the world is to just stab wildly at the, at the fish because they're all going to go away. What you need to do is just to, once with the stick, just push down very, very lightly and carefully and you'll get a fish. And it's the same with words. If you do that with just put, put a few words, a little phrase in your notes, that will trigger the memory for you as opposed to just lots and lots of words in front of you and stabbing, stabbing around wildly for it. So definitely. You mentioned earlier that we need to be thinking about the replay audience. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? What do we need to be thinking about when we're doing live when it comes to replay? It's a really important point this because I think a lot of people will focus purely on one of them. So they'll either focus totally on the replay. More often people focus on the live because obviously the word, you know, the word live is in live video. So you have to kind of almost put yourself you put your brain in a different mode. It's almost like going in a time machine. The first people to watch your live broadcasts are actually from the future. <laughs> and that sounds weird, but they are actually, you know, it will take time for your live viewers to, to actually click on the, the link and, and watch you. So I always, always recommend that people address their replay audience first. And then maybe after a half a minute to a minute, your live viewers will start to join. And so it's at that point you want to welcome your live viewers. That's really important. You want them to feel you know, part of the show. They want to be talking, mentioning them by name. If you're using a live video tool, you can highlight them on the screen. 
But again, don't spend too long on your live audience, because if you're watching the replay, it's going to become really boring if you're just mentioning all your live viewers all the time. And also, it's really important that you don't get distracted by your comment, the comments from your live viewers all the time, because again, that can be frustrating for your replay audience and also difficult for you then to repurpose that, for example, into a podcast. So what I recommend is to structure things. As I said, at the beginning, you're talking to your replay audience, then welcome your live viewers, then get on to the main content and say to your live viewers, I'm going to get back to your comments. Thank you so much for leaving. I can see some fantastic comments here. That's wonderful. Just let me finish this point, and then I'm going to get back to you. So you make your first point, then go to the comments. Then you make your second point, go back to the comments, and structure it that way. Try not to get distracted, because as I said, it gets really frustrating for the replay audience and difficult for you then to repurpose and uh, treat it that way. So we're going to transition over to the repurpose thing, but one of the things that I found really successful with the um, acknowledging the the playback audience is sometimes I'll just say at the very beginning, welcome to the playback. Today, we're going to talk about this, you know, and this is what we're going to be talking about over the next X number of minutes. Boom, boom, and boom. It's that simple to acknowledge that they're not there live. And that way they'll have a reason to stick around because when it's not a live video, they're going to make a decision in seconds, uh, especially on Facebook, whether or not they're going to stick it out or not. Let's transition over to repurposing because this is fascinating to me. What can we do with this live video now that it's done? Well, lots of things. So obviously, the structure of your live broadcast is, is really important. We've talked about that. But once you press the end broadcast button, the simple things that you can do, such as going back to edit the Facebook description to add show notes. So you can actually put timestamps in there just to say, well, at this point, at five minutes in, I was talking about this. Uh, six minutes and 30 seconds, I was talking about this. And that's fairly quick and easy to do. And particularly if you've already, if you planned it, all you need to do is then just work out which point you said that. By the way, are those legitimate timestamps where you click on them and they take no. you there? No. Okay. Got it. No, no, unfortunately not. But may maybe that'll come. Maybe Facebook will add that at some point. So that's one thing that you can do. The other thing that's really important, and this is particularly important, I think, for your replay audience, is you can uh, get captions. Now, Facebook Live has, has introduced live captions fairly recently. For my testing, these are enabled by default, but test this. If you go into a Facebook Live producer, you can then just check whether you have the live captions enabled. But in my experience, although the captions, this is basically Facebook will listen to what you're saying and transcribe what you're saying in, uh, in real time as captions. While you are live, and that's the key thing, right? It's always had captions for videos, but he, yeah. you're, you're referring to live. Got it. Yes, okay. Live in real time. So if you find that the captions are okay, great. If not, then what I'd recommend is maybe uh, download the video. If you're wanting to save money, you could maybe just edit the first four or five minutes of that and then send that off to a transcribing company such as, I mean, the one I use is rev.com, but there are others out there, and then get that transcribed into captions, which you can then re-upload. So that's one thing to do. If you want, of course, you can transcribe the whole thing. And I'm, I'm going to go on to that next, which of course is where you've got to think, where do I want to repurpose this to? For me, for my main show, I definitely want to make that into a blog post. That's really important to me. Although the SEO side of podcast is becoming better. We know that Google is starting to listen to the audio podcasts and you can appear on, on Google search results for that. It's still much better to create a blog post from your live shows and to actually um, 
make it a really valuable place for, for those people who aren't necessarily going to watch a video. And the other thing that I want to do is I want to make it into a podcast because I know that I have an, a, all, another type of audience out there that don't have the time to watch videos or live shows. They, they want to listen on their commute or li they, they just prefer podcasting. And so I want to, to uh, repurpose my live shows into a podcast. Real quick, do you have any recommended tools to strip the audio out? Yeah, so there's there's quite a few. The, the one that I really love is is a it's a fairly new tool. It's called Descript.com, and you download it. So it's available for Mac and PCs. You download it, uh, runs on your computer, and then what you can do is then download the video from Facebook, and then just put that into Descript, and it then will transcribe your words, transcribe it into text. You can also pay to re use real life human beings like Rev and get an even better translation. But the thing I love about Descript is, and it doesn't do this always perfectly, but it's so easy in that if you made a mistake, you can just find the words, you can search for the words, and then just delete, just click the phrase, and then it will just delete that from the video. It's just unbelievable. Just so we're on the same page, I was asking about stripping the audio out. Is this, does it do that too? Yes. So if you want to then save it as an MP3 afterwards, you can. So you would uh, put it in as a video and then you can export it as a video or an MP3. Ah, okay. So just to be clear, you can export the video from Facebook, upload it to this service called Descript. And then if you want to edit some text out, you just select it almost like in a word processor and hit delete and it removes it. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yep. Yes, it does. Wow. It's amazing. And it's still uh, not available to everyone. But there's a slightly scary part of the script that they're working on, which is if you misspoke and you mispronounced the word or whatever, you can actually delete that and retype it. So say, for example, I said I had a banana for breakfast and actually I meant an apple. You could change the word banana to apple and it would then speak, uh, change what you said to apple. With your voice? With your voice. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> that is scary. You got to sign something to say that you're not. You're only going to use it for your own voice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. So, so far we were talking about articles and podcasts, and I, I went down the rabbit trail. Where, where, where else were you going with the, uh, the other things you can do with the video? Yeah, and just one other tool actually uh, that I want to recommend is Parallels Toolbox. Uh, so this is for Mac and PC, and this allows you to download videos from from Facebook and YouTube to your computer in a better quality. If quality of the sound and the video is really important, then I highly recommend broadcasting using a third-party tool here. And I think this is important to mention. If you're really, really wanting to uh, embrace repurposing of your live broadcast into either a podcast or into a pre-recorded video, then using a tool that doesn't just stream, but also records the video and the audio locally to your system is going to be really important. So something like if you're a Mac user, Ecamm Live does this. There's also OBS Studio has this um, feature. StreamYard and uh, StreamYard does this locally. And I think Restream.io is going to be having that in the future fairly soon. So choose a tool that does that. And then it makes it a lot easier for you then to create a really good high quality piece of content on another platform. And of course, the, you know, there are loads of different places you could go. You know, you could upload it to YouTube. Um, so that's that's a great platform to go to. There's IGTV. Yes, you can broadcast to IGTV in landscape format, but you might want to think about using some editing software just to go into a portrait mode there as well. Then if you're listening to this and worried about this, it all sounds very technical. 
there are very simple options. So there's a tool called repurpose.io, which just plugs into your Facebook page and it will take your live videos and repurpose them into podcasts. So it will just strip out the audio and upload that to Libsyn or your podcasting host or drop it into Dropbox or something like that. So it will just strip the audio from your live show and make it very, very easy for you. And then in terms of blog posts, I've mentioned rev.com, I've mentioned Descript. Those are quick and easy ways of getting the transcript from your live shows. And then you can then just add that onto your blog, make obviously add links, make it look uh, more interesting, maybe get somebody in to edit it and, and make it into a blog post. Hopefully everybody's like, wow, I didn't realize you could do all that cool stuff with just going live. I mean, it's amazing. Ian, uh, first of all, thank you so much for sharing all that awesome insight and all those amazing tools. If people want to track you and the stuff you're doing, where do you want to send them? Probably the best place is to come over to my podcast. So it's the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. And you can find that out at iag.me forward slash podcast. And of course, there's all my blog posts uh, on that uh, site as well. Ian Anderson Gray, spelled G-R-A-Y, if anybody wants to look him up, is found at iag.me. Ian, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mike. Dot info. By the way, if there was anything we said, like all those cool tools and you missed it, we took all the notes for you. Simply head over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 417. By the way, are you new to the show? Hit the subscribe button. Regular listener, let your friends know about this show. Tag me at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.